But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness, fight the good fight of the faith, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called, and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things, and to Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which we will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Mm. Welcome Mm. back to the Dominion Podcast. I am uh, your host, Jeremy Boyd. You're, what, what, what are you, the alpha or the beta? Uh, I don't what? know. <laughs> what does this shirt mean? Is this, <laughs> is this an alpha shirt or a beta shirt? I think it's an alpha shirt. All right. I'm officially the permanent alpha host. Yeah, there we go. And uh, for those of you listening and not watching, this is our first episode with some video. Yeah. Up here in the Upper 40s studio, constructed by Tristan Inglis for us. Loving care put into this room, and we're finally... Finally using it. Yeah, there's some dead things on the wall. Dead things on the wall. I got a nice cup of water here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Alex has some apple juice. Yeah. Which he's going to be got, sipping on. We got a record player that works. <laughs> it probably does work, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, maybe we should spin some records some night up here. Have a little, you know, after party. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're with us. This is episode 30. Nice. Can you believe that? Can you name... More than 10 episodes? No, I can't. Yeah, I probably could get 12 or something. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, to all of our faithful listeners, we see those hands, you know? We, we look at the stats. Hey, Mom. Yeah, hey, Mom. <laughs> like I said, I just download it 60 times every week. And, uh, <laughs> now, thanks, thanks so much for listening. Hopefully, uh, what we do is um, encouraging yeah. and is a, a building up of the body. I know we've had some... Great interaction with some some of the people out there in podcast land. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can email me at jeremy at the dominionpodcast.com. We'd love to uh, chat, get to know you. Yeah. Uh, if you want to suggest maybe topics that we could tackle, or if you got some uh, critique, or mm-hmm. if I say something stupid, you can, mm-hmm. you know, chide me for that. And Yeah. That, won't, hate, go, hate mail that, as that well. won't go straight to junk mail. Well, I do have a filter for that sort of thing. It, <laughs> Looks for certain words like <laughs> numbskull, and, and that just goes right to the trash. <laughs> oh. Anyway, we're talking tonight about uh, warfare, yeah, and uh, several aspects of that that would come up in the Christian life, and yeah, and probably not going to be talking about literal, you know, hot war. Uh, yeah, it might come up a bit, but uh, basically, we we want to talk about warfare in the Christian life and what that means. Uh, whether it's uh, the the fight against the flesh and against sin, mm-hmm. or whether it's uh, the the fight of the church against the world, yeah, and uh, the principalities and powers in the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Why do you get us started there, Al? Yeah, I just thought it would. It would. I mean, we want to encourage people. Um, we've talked. We've touched on a lot of these themes before on the podcast and over the course of the episodes we've covered. But I just thought it would be good to. Um, think a little bit more deeply about the fact that we are engaged in a war and conflict has been 
more a part of discipleship for Canadians in the last uh, you know year and a half than mm-hmm. I think is common um, as far as externally, uh, but even internally. I mean, I know we've talked about multiple times on the show being personally confronted yeah. with decisions and um, compromising and the need for courage and the fears that we have to overcome. And, um, you know, I, I would say more than ever in my life as a Christian that I have been keenly aware of the conflict that we are in. But it's important that we back up a little bit and and gain some perspective biblically that we are not first and foremost in a conflict because of any particular you know health agency right or uh, government be it federal right. or provincial that although um, they may be inflicting you know great injustice and evil against people that the conflict is actually far bigger far right. deeper far greater they're merely agents yeah they're agents yeah. and i love the text that you read and it tells christians to fight the good fight and it ends with a declaration that christ um will have dominion hmm. that his to him belongs dominion and the theme of this podcast is the dominion of Christ. How do, what does it mean to live under his rule and to rule over creation in his name? And that's the purpose that God gave to humanity that they failed in. That is what Christ fulfills and, and ultimately exemplifies. But as his image bears, as those being remade in his image, we are to reflect his rule to the world. Um, but what happens when you do that? is that you become a part of a, a, a cosmic battle. Hmm. And so I thought maybe we could back up a little bit. Maybe we'll go back, start in Genesis, and and maybe highlight a few texts that just that demonstrate this. Sure. Um, the first text that comes to my mind is Genesis 3 and, and um, 15. And here we have what theologians call the, the first gospel, uh, but it's interesting that the gospel is embedded in the midst of a war. And let me read the text. Um, this is after Adam and Eve's sin, and God comes to them, and he curses them. And remember, if they obeyed him, if they were obedient and they lived faithfully, they would be blessed. But because they were disobedient, unfaithful, rebellious, uh, they are cursed and this is this is just a truism. This is just true. When you live uh, by faith in in God and in obedience to Him and His Word, there is a blessing that comes with that. And disobedience uh, brings a curse. On, on there's a variety of levels and ways that that's true. But God says this um, to the He says, uh, "I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between the uh, your offspring." And her offspring, he's speaking to the serpent, Mm -hmm. I should clarify. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. So right at the beginning, we see that there's going to be this enmity, this conflict, this warfare between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And this theology Mm -hmm. of seed, this theme is carried throughout the Old Testament, uh, but especially through the Pentateuch. And this is why uh, when you read genealogies and you make connections familiarly, it's important because it's God fulfilling his promise um, that he will preserve 
a people, that, yep. that, and and ultimately that Jesus Christ is born um, in in the line uh, of not only David but of Adam as well. Yeah, both the genealogies in the New Testament are really important. Yes, and um, I believe it's uh, the one in Luke that goes all the way back to yeah. Adam. And listen to the first gospel: He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And kind of speaking about the victory that Christ will have, you will crush your head, mm. um, and you will bruise his heel. That the that the seed of the woman will win a victory over the serpent. It will be a costly one because he will be bruised in the process, but it will be a victory. And and this victory is spoken of in terms of warfare and conflict. Right, a crushing. It's, it's interesting that this doesn't. Uh, this isn't uh, a picture of the final destiny of Satan. Yeah. Right? He's not defeated no. here. He's defeated in one sense, but his head is only bruised. Right? There's still a later time where he will be completely uh, yeah. unmade and, yeah. and cast into cast yeah, into hell. Yeah, but it's, right? it's a real victory. And I yeah. think Colossians, um, he disarmed the rulers and principalities and authorities. Right. And he triumphed over them and he shamed them. Uh, and he did this um, through his death on the cross. And so, and it's a, a beautiful image of love and sacrifice is an image of victory, that the very nails that that um, crucified Christ were the very nails that disarmed Satan by taking away the condemning power of the law. Christ was condemned, therefore his people cannot be condemned. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Right because he suffered in our place. So he did what the law was powerless to do. This is what Paul talks about in Colossians. So the story of Scripture is a story about this enmity, this conflict between the serpent uh, and the people of God. And, you know, a text that we've touched on um, a lot over the last year is is Psalm 2. And I'll just, I'll just read that because it's just... So helpful. Um, quoted a ton in the New Testament. Um, but again, speaking of the conflict that rages, not just between humanity and God, but uh, humanity and all of God's anointed. Um, Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? So this is a global problem. Mm-hmm. This is not just one person, a personal beef, a tribal issue. This is this is people in power raging against. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. And this is this is really good because it it sets the stage for where the conflict is actually taking place. It's a battle of power. It's a battle of power between God's will and the will of man. Yes. Right? The let us burst their bonds apart. That's the that's the kings of the earth yes. asking to be taken out from underneath the rule of God. They see it as... Uh, restraining. Restraining. Yeah. Yeah. Which it does. It restrains evil, but it's also liberating. Right? Yes. It's, those, not, uh, it's not um, enslaving in a negative sense. Right. And... Uh, but that's what unbelief sees. Yeah. Unbelief sees God's will and God's word as actually evil. Right. I mean, unbelief, I think you've said this before, you know, in the Garden of Eden, it was a, a, a garden of yes and a tree of no. Yeah. There was only one, one negative command. Yeah. And it was still restrictive. 
for yes. them, right? They still yes. wanted to throw that apart. Yeah. So anyway, carry on there. Sorry. To, yeah. So to basically, this this conflict continues, and then we see here that it's actually the nations and the rulers and the kings. It's that those in authority on the earth are raging against God. It's an active um, defiance and rebellion. And this is why in the New Testament, the way that we read about sin is that we were at one point hostile uh, towards God. You know, uh, we weren't, we are not in unbelief indifferent to or simply ignorant of God, Hmm. but we actively resist his rule. But more than that, um, in order to reject it, we actually must destroy it. And so you discredit and you destroy, um, right. seek to destroy. Yeah, and you see that right now. Like, what, what's Satan doing right now? Yeah. The biggest thing, he's destroying the image of God. Yeah. You see it in the in the trans movement where it's just, yeah. it's this marring of human nature. Yes. Yeah. Disfiguring. Yeah. Literally and, disfiguring. And the, and the idea, it's a rage against the idea that humanity can be defined. Right. It's like, we don't care what pain and harm this causes people, because the greatest pain and harm is for you to define them. Right. But if their definition of themselves and their autonomy to do that means they inflict severe, irreparable harm that they will even come to view as harm, it doesn't matter. Right. Because the greatest evil is not that. The greatest evil is that you would define somebody. Yep. An external authority would define you. Yep. And the, the the trans movement is almost a parody of of you know the of these things on display. Right. And um, so we shouldn't be surprised. I guess it's a practical takeaway. I mean, Christians just should not feel like, um, especially Canadians. We've, we've talked about this. We've enjoyed more peace than any nation probably ever yep. for several factors. One, uh, geographically, we are surrounded by water in the United States, the greatest superpower in the world militarily, at least during our history, has been our southern neighbor. We enjoy the most, the longest undefended border in the world. Probably in the history of the world. <laughs> Probably in the history of the world. Yeah. Certainly in yeah. the history of the world. And uh, to enjoy that privilege, to feel so safe that you don't need to defend yourself, and the people that might be a harm to you, you are safe from because of them, uh, is just such a unique privilege. Mm. You think even the wars that we fought, they were never on our shores. We haven't yep. had wars on our in our soil in a long time, hundreds of years. Yeah. And so 1812. even... 1812. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And um, if you think about, you know, World War II, even World War One, we had lots of people die and sacrifice themselves. It wasn't on our soil. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't immediately in front of us. We yeah. don't have bomb day buildings. Um, so today you can say for sure... That any Canadian alive uh, has most, the vast majority, have lived in a time of peace and prosperity. And you throw into that just straight up flourishing. Yep. I mean, where do people in the world want to go? They want to come to Canada. Where can you go as a citizen and, and be received with open arms? 
probably more than any other nationality Canadian. Um, it, it just, mm. it's just such a unique, I don't, I don't say privilege in a bad sense. Priv, it just, no, we it don't is, think privilege is a bad thing. It's a blessing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a blessing. And, um, so this is why Christians are having a, a, or a lot of people are having a hard time right now is because we're so used to this and we're seeing what's coming. We're seeing what's being forced on us. And there's a real, uh, we've talked about this is a real, like a depression, a real sense of helplessness. Yeah. So that's why we got to keep reading the Psalm. I mean, what happens next? What's God's response to yeah. all this, right? Yeah. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury. As for me, I've set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, you are my son, today I've begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage. So the nations that rage, yeah. he actually laughs at them and says, you know what, you're I've actually going to be... Yeah, I've yeah, already given you a king. Yeah. He's already, he's already there. Exactly. <laughs> you're and, just and, rebelling against him at the moment. Yes. Yeah. And one day he will be your king. You belong to him. Yeah. Back to the idea of dominion. And the ends of the earth, your possession, you shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces with a like a potter's vessel. This verse is picked up in Revelation. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. Mm-hmm. And this is a gospel. This is a message that God's wrath stands against human sinners and rebels. And yet the promise is that if we find our refuge in him, uh, we actually are safe. You know, who is the greatest threat to humanity? It's God. <laughs> you were, you know, you were once um, enemies of God. Hmm. You know, you're under the wrath of God. Uh, but God in his mercy, you know, being rich in mercy... Uh, sent his son Jesus Christ while we were still sinners to mm. die for us. Yeah. And the good news of the gospel is the king that we have rebelled against and angered and rightly deserve his wrath, if we go to him in repentance, he will receive us. Amen. He will by no means turn us away, Jesus said, yeah. which is insane. It's like, who can you say that of? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and so we see this kind of conflict and good news woven all throughout the scripture. And I think, to be honest with you, um, what this has done for me is it's brought to the surface the reality of the story that we're living in. Like, to be honest, it's, I mean, I'm a pastor. Every week you're preaching about serious, weighty, eternal things. And then you go out to Swish LA. Like, it, it just, there's like this, dissonance yeah. between the war that you're told you're in and the one that you don't experience. And now it's lining up. <laughs> and now it's just lining up. And and to be honest, it's always been there internally. Mm-hmm. Um, the Every day, the flesh is at war with the spirit. And it was a big turning point in my life to realize there is this battle. And by God's grace, you can fight this battle. And you need to fight this battle. Um, but... I have found it encouraging that as I see the nation's rage and as it feels overwhelming, um, like anyone will get away with any injustice, um, no, God is on his throne. God 
God laughs. God's response to the raging of the nations is not <laughs> fear and, yeah. and discouragement. and Not rubbing his hands in the corner going, oh, how am I going to make this go my way? Yeah, exactly. You know. That he, he has a plan, and that plan was to send his son, the anointed one. Mm-hmm. And he suffered at the rage of the nations um, so that he might bring us back to God. Okay, that's good. Not sure where where to go next. So, I mean, we're talking about um, this is more of the the global scale yeah. of of the work of the kingdom, I guess you could yeah. say. But the other half of it is that internal struggle that you already alluded to, the war yeah. against the flesh, and that's that's the uh, the personal war, I guess. And um, you know, we don't fight it alone because we have brothers and sisters in Christ who are fighting it with us. We're yeah. confiding in them. We're encouraging each other mm-hmm. um, part of that of course being physically together mm-hmm. like some of the most sanctifying moments in my life have been just that well not even moments but the the effects have been brought on by uh, a consistent uh, being with the people of God yeah right yeah yeah and maybe where we could transition to talking about is just okay so how do we engage in this conflict? And obviously, um, it's not it's not the way the world does. I mean, I'm just going to read from Ephesians. Uh, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. One of the things we need to be awakened to especially in North America, is that our battle is not first and foremost with politicians or lawmakers or, uh, you know, health bureaucrats um, or our neighbors. Uh, There may be a real conflict there, but the, 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 the deepest conflict, the longest running conflict, and the reason for all these conflicts is the rulers and the principalities and the authorities. We are engaged in a cosmic battle. And one of the practical takeaways is like, you're not going to win this war by winning an election. Not that there can't be some good from that. So it's like, we need to recognize the war we're in so that we actually have a real picture of victory. Because if your picture of war is like, the biggest problem in my life is a liberal minority government, I mean, you just have no idea the battle that you're in. Yeah. And if you think the solution to that is a change of the guard, uh, one, you're wrong. That won't be helpful. Um, and we the, easily go the other way, too, where we abandon that whole realm. Yeah. Right? Well, they, well, we don't have to do anything with the politicians because no. we're fighting a spiritual battle. Um, no, no. When you when you put on the armor of God and you bear the, the, the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you care about your neighbors, right? And you you do seek to do good to them and you love them and you want, you pray for those who are in power that you might live quiet and peaceful lives mm-hmm. and you don't run away from this world, you engage with it. But we need to engage with it with eyes wide open. Yeah. And we don't run from all these little battles, but we, we see a bigger picture of what's going on in the war. And uh, I think this place is a priority for us on gospel preaching. Mm. I mean, how do you resolve 
the enmity that exists between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, or the raging nations against God and his anointed. You only resolve that through the cross of Jesus Christ. That's it. That is it. And I mean, I've had conversations the last couple of weeks just really thinking through what's our strategy moving forward as Christians. It's like whatever we end up doing practic like on the ground as far as family decisions. Right. We need to um, make sure that of utmost priority in our lives is the preaching of the gospel to the lost. And that is how we wage this warfare. And he goes on to say, um, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may, you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. He talks about the belt of truth and the armor that we need to put on. So, I mean, our first priority is always with the Lord, right? It's not it's not to engage in kind of the fruit of this conflict, although we will do that. It's to make sure that we're being strategic, making the, make sure that we're fighting effectively. Mm. And it begins with fighting in the strength of the Lord and not your own strength. And uh, I've realized that in myself too. I mean, it's easy to run on um, frustration and indignation and uh, um, a righteous sense of, you know, anger over injustice. But that alone, those are those aren't necessarily bad things, and they may be necessary things. But by themselves, there's no strength for the fight. Yeah, none. Um, and I know I've you had know, it's to, only despair if you go down just that despair. road. Yeah, I mean, and, you see that right now. I'm. Uh, all the red pilling that's going on with people is only yeah. it's leading to despair, right? Yeah. So many people are coming to realize what's actually happening. Yeah. But they don't have an answer. Yeah. And so it's just rage and anger uh, and frustration and all this. And so, yeah. Yeah. We got to be there ready with with the answer. Yeah. And and I think back to your point, the priority for Christians um, is always faithful church membership. Go to church every Sunday. Sit under the word of God, um, love your brothers and sisters, mm. serve them, uh, make sure that your life is saturated, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, yeah. make and, sure the And sitting under the word of God that's being preached by a man who is courageous yeah. and lives what he's preaching. In the war. In the war, right. Not someone who's a war denier. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of those. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't need to... Yeah, your theology is great, but where are you? Yeah. It's like you're hiding in the bunker, right? Yeah. I mean, this was the problem of Israel. The prophets constantly rebuke them for saying peace, peace when there was no peace. Yeah. And it's a denial of reality, a willful ignorance towards what's going on, mm-hmm. the consequences um, that one will face, the dire circumstances one was one is in mm-hmm. for a variety of selfish and sinful reasons. And Jesus rebukes uh I believe it's the Pharisees. He's called some hypocrites because they can predict the weather and they can't even know the times they're in. Yeah. Why is that hypocrisy? Well, it's hypocrisy because they are not utilizing um, the same capacity they use to interpret the weather to interpret the times they're in. They're willfully denying it. Mm. They're being two-faced, you know? They have the capacity to know what the weather's going to be like, but all of a sudden it's who can know the days that we're in 
Um, that's just hypocrisy. Yeah. And I think the church is gripped with that right now. Yeah. Like, I don't want. We're not in a war. This isn't a conflict. This is everyone doing their part. It's like, yeah, yeah. At this point, if you believe that, then then you are you are just living in willful ignorance. Yeah. And I would add this too to the faithful church membership aspect. Um, for those that have not been in a healthy church and are maybe transitioning to one or are looking for one, when you find it, there there will be an immediate sense of relief uh, and joy, uh, but you settle in eventually like everywhere else, and you just need to be consistent and persevere because it does take, it takes time. It takes time, but when you look back, you know, I've been at Westmount for, I think, six years now, and you know, when I look back over the over that time, uh, you see a pattern of growth uh, that you that you didn't see that I didn't see going to other churches or being under other leadership. Yeah, um, and so it takes time, but yeah. God does. God is faithful. If uh, you know, if we're faithful in our, our reading, our prayer, our submitting to our elders, mm-hmm. our sitting under the Word and serving each other, all that stuff. Um, when you basically when you when you do what what Jesus commands us to do, it it works. Mm-hmm. It 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 uh, it builds strong families. It builds um, courage. It builds sanctification. It builds all this stuff. Yeah. But it's 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 like leaven hidden in a lump. You yeah. Know? It doesn't come in a flash. Yeah. And and the the embracing the biblical reality that we are in a war helps you to fight effectively together. Um, look what Paul says to the Philippians in chapter 1, verse 27. This is a great text. Um, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or in absent, I may hear of you. And look how he describes them. That you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, not frightened in anything by your opponents. And he actually uses um, military language of soldiers marching side by side, united. And and we know from from this formation that the purpose of the formation was actually not just for your protection and effectiveness in you, but the protection of the person beside you. And so, you know, part of the danger of, it's like not, part of the danger of ignoring a conflict is kind of like, you're the guy who we're marching forward with shields up and swords drawn, and you're like drinking wine or something, insistent that this is a nice vacation. You know, it's like your your opinion of this really doesn't matter. You know, we are in a warfare, and it's just, are you going to hold your shield, you know, and are you going to draw your sword? Yeah. Um, or are you just going to live and are you going to pretend? And you know what? When people pretend, other people get hurt. And the unity of the church fails, and uh, I mean, I've I know this is probably true of Westmount. The unity of of our church has never been greater because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, who's here for war? Yeah, not not a not a fleshly yeah. war, not an unbelieving war, not a rebelliously sinful war, but it's but a war that we have been engaged with. Um, to proclaim the gospel and to live faithfully to the king yep. in a world in rebellion. Who's 
Who's here for that? If will, you're not here for that, you I'll kind of fall into ranks. Yeah, I'll attest to that for sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, it's meant the moving on of certain people yeah. that were not interested in that. Yeah. That, uh, you know, didn't see things as we do. But uh, yeah, we're very united on that yeah. at this moment. And our churches, Hill City and Westmount. Yeah. Right? It feels like that with you guys. Yeah, definitely. And it's so encouraging to know that uh, when I go home on Sunday, uh, that there's still worship happening in that building. Yeah. You know, it's a great thought to know that. The fight continues. The fight is going on. Um, Does it not feel like singing is warfare? Oh, yeah. Like when we're belting it out on Sunday mornings or Wednesday evenings at Bible study or whatever, like it just feels like we're (laughs) drawing our swords. Yes. Um, Man. It's Preaching great. is warfare, praying is warfare, singing is warfare, blessing is warfare, serving is warfare, suffering is warfare. Um, yeah, it's a different kind of battle, but it does. It feels good to be in it. Yeah. To be honest, it just it just feels like oh now it looks like my Bible. You know what I right. mean? There's something reassuring <laughs> about that. Yeah. It's like I don't need to. I don't need to embellish this. Like it's just. Life feels like the Bible right now. Yeah. And that's good. Good. Anything else you wanted to get to or want me to wrap it up? I think we'll wrap it up. Again, if people have questions, we've got some really good ones from our listeners. And uh, we would love to do our best to to answer those questions about what we discussed or a topic you want us to touch on. Um, Yeah, we would definitely love to do that. Yeah. Uh, So... This is, of course, our first video podcast. We're going to be throwing that up on uh, YouTube and Rumble, probably. I'll put those links in the show notes. And uh, the production value will be increasing, hopefully, week by week until we get to somewhere we're happy with. But Rogan uh, status. you got to start somewhere. You do. Right? Um, you know. And we started in the upper 40, the back right. 40, the upper 40. And we started in your basement. We did. With no video. That's true. That's right. So onwards and upwards. Yeah. And I'll leave you I'll leave us with this here from Exodus chapter 15. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Amen. We'll see you next week on Dominion Podcast episode 31.